And I don't blame them. I mean, you know, when you look at the news out there, the information's all bad. It's uh, why would anybody in their right mind want their kid to play? That, that's that's a common thought process. And so my point is, is like, no, you can play. It's just like anything. You can like like swimming. You don't just let your kid abandon your kid at the pool. You, you're gonna have to teach him the methodology. And that's the key here. We have to go back to that. We have to focus on that, and we have to put that over. That has to take precedence and priority over uh, over scheme. On today's episode, I want to focus on and give support to youth football across the country, but especially in California. In the four years I spent at USA Football, I saw firsthand the war against our game. Groups were attacking our game and trying to legislate choice away from parents. Furthermore, they were using lawmakers to get behind their efforts and kill youth football in several states. What I witnessed across the country at every level was a focus by coaches to create a safer game by teaching better tackling, and they did. The game became safer because of teaching better technique, discarding ways that may have been effective but weren't necessarily the safest techniques, and by adopting new rules to eliminate unnecessary dangerous hits. The narrative shifted then to play on the line of scrimmage and sub-concussive hits. Fortunately, Coaches were working on the line of scrimmage play and better methods prior to this. Then the pandemic hit, and all of the discussion essentially stopped. It seemed they were going to leave football alone, but those groups will never stop. They are well-funded and have their own agenda. They are attacking California first, right now, and if they are successful, they will continue. New York would probably be next. Then they will move the attack along the coastal states, to the middle of the country, and finally the South. If you give someone an inch, they will take a mile. Taking away some today will set a precedent to take away more tomorrow. The answer isn't to remove tackle football and focus on flag. While flag football is a precursor, it is not the same as tackle football. Tackle football embraces all body types. Nothing can replace the vehicle of tackle football. The fact of the matter is that flag football is growing. By the nature of how business works, those organizations will want to promote playing flag football through high school and into college. Let's be clear, while it is closely related, it is not our game. To see flag football as an answer is short-sighted. The answer is to create a better, safer game. Today we share an article that we posted on our website, coachingcoordinator.com, plus share some insight from three coaches that are creating methodology to create a better, safer game, especially as it relates to blocking and defeating blocks. This is important information for coaches at every level. I also want to emphasize that we cannot fall into thinking, well, this is only California youth football under attack. Be clear, the game is under attack and coaches from every level must continue to support football from youth to high school to college and pro. I have always said coaches and great coaching saves the game. Please listen to this episode in its entirety. In the description, we share some free resources from Tip of the Spear, a company that Cleveland Browns assistant offensive line coach Scott Peters created to teach a new methodology which removes the head as a tool for contact. In a study using accelerometers in the NFL, the Browns' offensive line accumulated the least amount of head impacts by far while also running the ball in a very physical manner. We pull some important segments from two podcasts we have done previously. One is with Scott Peters, and another is with Bob Wiley and Mike Pollock, 
a former NFL offensive lineman who now leads the efforts at tip of the spear. It began with a concern about safety, especially related to concussion. Then Scott Peters had the opportunity to apply his methodology at the University of Washington in 2012 and 13. The results were better performance and zero concussions for the offensive line. What's most interesting about what he shares is that the NFL tracked head impacts with accelerometers and the Cleveland Browns registered the least in the NFL while having a top rushing offense. I mean, that left me in a kind of a, in a mindset that I was like, well, geez, this is not, this isn't good. I mean, we, we literally used our head all the time to hit. And uh, as I got better and better throughout my NFL career, I stopped using my head as much because it just became a better methodology. But then when I learned the jujitsu and I learned all the mechanics of these fighters, how strong somebody can be that's small, but by using mechanics, using a skeletal structure as opposed to pressing and doing things that we're so conditioned to doing with football, that, that the performance actually, uh, you know, the mechanics of this is going to yield far greater results. And uh, so I kind of tested that theory. I got hired by the University of Washington in 2012 uh, to go up there and train their players. And we trained them in, in 2012 and 2013 and the offensive line, defensive line. The results that came back were pretty much like I couldn't believe it. I honestly, honestly they, I mean, I knew they were going to improve, but I didn't know to that degree. They had the top performing offense in school history and they, uh, they were number two in sacks on defense because I, I developed some pass rush moves that are specific that, that came from different martial arts that are really, really effective. But the, but the most important part of that was that the trainer called me and said, we had not a single concussion in two years. We had not a single stinger in two years. This is the first time in school history. In fact, they even did a, a study with an accelerometer, uh, accelerometer data, and they compared that to other schools like Michigan. Uh, I think Notre Dame was one of them, Alabama, and Washington had like not even reached the threshold of concern on any of the hits. So, the, wow. so in other words, they were taking their head out of contact, playing with their hands, and they were winning. Who was the offensive line coach at the time there? The line coach was Dan Cazetto, and that was my college coach. So Cazetto was the offensive line coach, and uh, Sarkeesian was there. Okay. He was the head coach, and, and we worked with uh, – but we worked, with, like I said, with the offensive line, defense line. We also had the tight ends. A few linebackers came in, and it was just, it was just drills. I showed the kids. I showed leverage concepts here. Look, look at this. Look at this. I really hadn't developed a program around it yet, but I, I kind of improvised and showed them, and, and they bought in, and, and we got that stuff implemented in the weight room. And the most important thing to say is that these guys didn't just do it. They did it all year round. They did. They managed to in- incorporate many of the drills that I was teaching into their strength and conditioning program, which was kind of that missing link because we get everybody's getting out there bigger, faster, stronger. But who's getting better? Well, this was a testament to that that theory. And not to mention, it just it yielded much safer results. And, and so it was kind of a, I've never seen a win-win before with trainers, strength conditioning, and coaches and players. I always you always see somebody angry. <laughs> the right. trainers usually don't like what the players are doing. The coaches don't like the trainers around, you know. Um, so it was a fully integrated approach and, and every, something everyone agreed on. So that was what kind of spawned, say, football, because none of the, the movements, none of the techniques that I was, I was teaching had anything ever incorporated the helmet. From there, Scott expanded his efforts and created his company, Safe Football, which is now called Tip of the Spear Football. They have been able to replicate the results in Washington with high school and youth programs across the country, as Scott talks about here. And then that kind of took off from there. I went off and, and uh, I formed Safe Football. And uh, we've, we've worked with over 450 high schools uh, in the country to date um, since 2012. And uh, we've had the same results we've had at Washington uh, with the groups. And this is the disclaimer. This, this, <laughs> there's a heavy disclaimer here that you have to, you have to develop the skill set. You, you can't just watch the film. You can't just visit a clinic or go to a camp. You have to actually make this a habit. 
But uh, but for those who have done that, we've we've heard the same things. We've got a better team, and we've got uh, far fewer injuries. And, and in some cases, we haven't. You know, teams have gone from 30 concussions in one season to zero, and that's happened here. Uh, in Phoenix and across the country in certain uh, locations where coaches really took initiative to make this a, a priority. And, and, and if, again, it's, I think the number one thing to remember is that it is a performance program and the byproduct of that is safety. We have an information problem, not a concussion problem, says Scott Peters. We have to teach the methodology and that must take precedence over scheme. He explains how the high school and youth coaches can do this. It's very hard to go out and tell a coach, hey, coach, I got a safe uh, football program, and it's not better, but it's safer. Well, that's not going to fly. Right. You know, we have to come from a, in order for this to sustain, for the game to continue and to, and to sustain and and, uh, and actually recover, because a lot of times I'm noticing uh, participation dropping around the country. Uh, we, you know, this is this last year, 2016. It was the first year I've noticed that. I think it's starting to take hold, and I think people are questioning whether they should let their kids play. And I don't blame them. I mean, you know, when you look at the news out there, the information's all bad. It's uh, why would anybody in their right mind want their kid to play? That, that's that's a common thought process. And so my point is, it's like, no, you can play. It's just like anything. You can, like like swimming, you don't just let your kid abandon your kid at the pool. You, you're going to have to teach them the methodology. And that's the key here. We have to go back to that. We have to focus on that. And we have to put that over. That has to take precedence and priority over, uh, over scheme, especially at the youth and high school levels, because these kids don't know what they're doing yet. And uh, the NFL guys, I mean, those guys are a product of those systems. So what you see there is you see the bigger, faster, stronger guys, and they're just doing what they've known how to do. And, and once those habits, you know, well, once those routines, those techniques have become habitual, very hard to undo that. So what we want to do is key in on the youth and, and the high school, bring back some confidence. In that, and that's, that only comes by virtue of improvement and also by uh, safer outcomes. The interesting part of this methodology taught by Coach Peters is that it's built out of creating better performance and the result has been a safer game. He shares his thoughts on how this applies across all levels. You don't have to play the game at the expense of your health. What he's created is a better way to play. Saving the brain can be accomplished through a methodology. Yeah, absolutely. You made a great point. And, and I was just on Twitter, too, the other day, and someone pointed out uh, there was a, guy, a group. It was some, I don't even remember the name of the group. I don't want to put them, sell them out too bad. But there was a group that was promoting, hey, submit a picture of your helmet. Uh, and we're going to, whoever has the most battle scars wins. And that was, so it's promoting like these scars on the helmet. So it's basically promoting who's hitting their, with their face the most or their head. And I'll, I'll equate that to like bragging about, you know, being poor. Who's more poor? I mean, I, I don't understand it. Uh, why would you want to pay more at the cost and the expense of your most vital organ, your brain, when you don't have to? But, and, and so the key is that, and I'm, what I'm suggesting is, I'm not suggesting that the helmet can't be, have a, a role in it. The helmet protects you. But to me, it's more like an airbag uh, of a car. You're not going to be like, well, I got a great airbag, so I'm going to drive like an idiot. I want to be a skilled driver. I want to be. I want to. I want to execute my job, and I want to do it at the least cost to me. And that. And that's really the way we need to think. And and, and in fact, that's a, that's a more productive way to play, and that's a more effective way to play because you're going to you're performing at a higher level. Uh, your brain is not, you know, an operating system. It's not to be. You're not using your computer hard drive to to blow down a door. Uh, why would you do the same with your head? I mean, your head is. You, need, you got so much to think about. It's a very. Uh, the game itself requires a lot of intelligence. It does to play. So let's keep that intact, and we can use other tools and and play at a better level and and be more effective and, and prolong our careers and actually extend the game. So our slogan is "Save the brain, save the game," and that's really the key because. If we don't do that, you can look at helmets, you can look at all these other things like restrictions and penalties, but you got to start with avoiding helmet contact. And that's, that's really the key, but that can be done through a methodology. 
Mike Pollack talks about a proactive approach to teaching skills that create confidence and ultimately a safer game. We don't want to wait until a kid has a concussion and go, oh, well, it could have been a lot worse. It's like, no, we on the front end, we weren't going to give you the skills and the tools so you can go kick that guy's butt, but you're going to be so confident in using your body because you have this detailed game plan for your objective that you're not going to be reliant on using your, your head because you know that doesn't equate more power. You're not going to be as likely to wince at the moment of impact because you've developed your body through a, a regiment of skill development programs based on your position. So it, it's really cool to see this safety become a byproduct of implementing superior technique. In this segment, Bob Wiley talks about how putting the body in the best position allows you to create better performance. Mike goes on to talk about time and methodology, as well as understanding how to coach every player. And this is the best angles that you need to be in in order to get accomplished what you need to get accomplished. And 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 Scott and, and uh, Mike and the guys that go around teaching it, that, that's where it's all started from, is he's putting your body in the best proper angles to get the job done. Instead of putting the body... And in the position that it's not going to work the right way and you're going to end up with problems. Exactly. We try to defeat the current trend in coaching where, I mean, obviously time is the most precious commodity and there's never enough time at any level of the game to, to teach uh, technique and to teach players. Yeah. And time so what often ready. happens is, yes. And so what often happens is coaches end up teaching a singular method and trying to create a bunch of robots and then get frustrated that a player or two or three players aren't fitting the specific mold. And so like the success that the Browns have had, the success that we've had over the years at various levels in terms of performance and player safety, it really comes down to players and coaches understanding what we call our principles of contact. We use an acronym called BLAST and use a skill development model, but it's really about teaching players how to best utilize their body, put them in positions of strength and let them do what they do well because you look at the browns like the, the, they're both of their guards are really uh, one, some of the best in the entire league you got Batonio on the left uh, teller on the right but if you looked at them in street clothes they are very different bodies they have different strengths different weaknesses but they understand how to maximize every ounce of power that they can generate for their objective and that's kind of our biggest goal is is providing that detail that we we don't believe was in the game previously in this segment, Mike Pollock shares what he's witnessed as he's traveled across the country working with high school and youth programs. He points out that this is about teaching superior technique. The result, as we've seen with the Cleveland Browns, is both performance and safety. I mean, one of the coolest things that that I've witnessed over the, the many years of doing this now is every single place we leave, whether it's a youth clinic, a high school clinic, whether we're working with NFL coaches or NFL players, like you, you see that light bulb moment in their eyes where they're like, I just learned something I didn't know before. This is going to help me so much better. And they all walk away going, this is going to be the future of football. And it's really exciting to be on, on kind of still like the precipice of it, but just eternally grateful for the, the, I mean, I, I having, left football kind of being burnt out of it mentally, physically, to have this passion reignited um, from this program that Scott started. But 
it's only like information is only good if you can implement it and it's effective. But when you're preaching a message around safety, it, we, I like to joke with coaches. It's like if I came to your door knocking on it and I was trying to sell, sell you a minivan, like nobody, like most coaches, even though they're practical, I grew up driving a minivan, but most coaches aren't going to be excited about driving a minivan. You're like, yeah, it's safe. But if you showed up with a, a sports car, if you showed up with one of the cars Bob's driving around in, like they're going to be <laughs> jacked up, excited to, 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 to jump right in for a test drive. And that's what we're showing them. Like we're showing them techniques and skills that the, that sports performance, we're going to optimize it higher than it's ever been in this game. And it's going to yield safety benefits. Like, And we're seeing both performance and safety at the highest level of the game because I mean, I mean, that's proof right there that this is the future of the game and, and we're going to keep going full head of steam and forward. And we've had people try to poke and pull apart what we've taught. And we just continue to get more support in our corner for medical professionals, strength and conditioning experts, people that who understand the body to an even greater degree of detail than we do, who are all signing off on the science behind what we're teaching. And, but again, if it makes it safer and it doesn't make football better, doesn't make football players better then most people aren't going to use it. So that's why we're leading with performance and the, the safety benefits will continue to follow. We finish up with Scott Peters thoughts on how coaching saves the game. Who is coaching these kids? And it should be taken very seriously. And I, and I get it. You don't have to have played in the NFL to coach somebody. You don't have to have played any at any level to have coached somebody. You have to be somebody that comes with a mindset that I want to learn the best and most effective and appropriate tools for coaching. That information exists. To finish off that last segment, that point about, you know, it's really not a concussion issue. It's an information issue. Right. Um, information exists. We, it, it's out there. We, we provide it. Others are starting to provide it. Uh, you know, it, it's just about, but, but it yields a better outcome. So, so you're not asking kids to do something to compromise their performance. You're asking them to increase it, holding them accountable which is what you need to do. You can't, you know, coaches, but coaches, it starts with them. You said it. The coaches are going to either save the game or they're going to bury it. And, and it's not coaches at the NFL level. It's, it's not college coaches. It's really the youth football coaches. It's the high school coaches. Those guys, they're, they're the true leadership in this thing. They, they got to know that. They're the guys that, that, are, that are most important in this, in this function. And for them, it's, it's imperative that they, they stop doing what they did. They got to evolve. The links to the entire two-part episode with Scott Peters, as well as the episode with Mike Pollock and Bob Wiley, are in the description. There are plenty of thoughts and ideas which can help you within your communities. Please be proactive in your approach. If you're a college coach, find a way to support the youth football leagues in your communities. If you are a high school coach, lead the efforts in your community. You are the glue that holds it together. You can be a force for change and in ending the threat against our game. If you're the youth football coach, know that there are experienced coaches in your community at the higher levels. Reach out to them and learn how you can better teach and coach your players. All of the results behind this fight will come with great coaching. We need medical experts, sports scientists, strength and conditioning coaches, and equipment manufacturers to play their part. But remember, coaches save the game. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Please share it with other coaches. The article can be found at coachingcoordinator.com. Also go to coachingcoordinator.com for enhanced show notes with links to related episodes, resources, articles, and with our winning edge takeaways detailed in text. Also sign up for our free weekly tip sheet, which highlights the best ideas from the previous week, trending episodes, 
and featured resources. Please speak up for California and give them your support on Twitter at SaveYouthFBCA. Again, that's at SaveYouthFBCA. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski.